Hey everyone, thanks for joining today. Today we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 2, verses 14 through 21. Uh, we're going to start looking at Peter's sermon on the first day, on the first Pentecost, or the first uh, day of the beginning of the church. And so as we do that, uh, it's a very long sermon. And so what I'd like to do is break this down into several sections. And so today we're going to start with verses 14 through 21. So let's read those verses. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above all, and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is a lot in this section. And so as we get ready to start, Peter first has to go back and correct something. Because you remember at the end of our last section in verse number 13, the people thought that they were, uh, when they were speaking with the tongues and in the languages, all the people thought, well, these guys must be drunk. Well, Peter says, no, they're, they're not drunk because it's only nine o'clock in the morning. And to be drunk at nine o'clock in the morning was a strict violation of Jewish law to drink at all during a, a feast, to drink any kind of a intoxicating alcoholic beverages on a uh, during a feast day. Okay, uh, this which we behold, he says, is fulfillment of prophecy. So, in other words, all this that he's going to say here about Joel, we need to keep in mind. He's quoting from Joel, who lived or who prophesied in around 870 BC. So he's not talking about things that are gonna happen right now. He's talking about how these things were fulfilled, okay? And so uh, obviously he starts with the last days. Well, he's not talking about as we usually think of the last Christian era, because again, he's prophesying in 870. So he's talking about what's going to happen to Judah, what's going to happen to Jerusalem, in the last days, okay? Um, he also has this idea about uh, the spirit being poured out on all flesh. Well, we have to be careful that we don't take that too literal because only people here this day are, are Jews. Uh, I think what he may mean is that by pouring out the spirit on the apostles, they then will take the message throughout the Jews and uh, the Gentiles, and so then they will be baptized and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's Acts 2, 38 and 39 kind of shows that happening here, but it's going to continue to happen throughout and not just to the to the Jews. Uh, 
Then he comes to the idea about the prophecy and the vision. Well, how do we relate these to the day of Pentecost and the events of that day? Uh, again, I think the answer is found in they are receiving the Holy, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, they were given power to be able to lay their hands on others who then could have spiritual gifts, which would include some of these gifts of prophecy and stuff like that. The other thing we need to remember is a lot of these gifts were given because they did not have the complete word of God. Uh, when we start talking about miracles and things like that, the reason a lot of the miracles weren't just to heal people or to make a show, but it was to let people know that that person, that servant, that individual was definitely one of God's servants. And it was to confirm the word of God. Uh, look at the end of Matthew, or Mark chapter 16 sometime, and you'll see that very thing where he talks about these things that happened were to confirm the word of God. Well, do we need the word of God confirmed today? Or is it already confirmed? I believe it's already confirmed and we have it in written form. Again, something they did not have. And then he goes on to talk about the blood, the fire and all this kind of a weird scene. And there's been all kinds of uh, explanations about it. I, I read one that I think really is a great explanation. And I just want to share that one with you. It said, um, Surely the, the blood, the fire, the vapor of smoke would be found on the day of this feast. The blood must have flowed from the altars like rivers as animals were being sacrificed. Fire, vapor of smoke ascended from the altars as the sacrifice, same sacrifices were burned. As the great pillars, billows of smoke filled the air in Jerusalem, the sun would literally have been turned into darkness, hidden by the smoke. The moon viewed through the smoke would certainly have had a different coloring to it. All these things took place on the first gospel sermon, the first sermon preached. Why? Because God is trying to get a message across. And then at the end of that, he says this idea of calling upon the name of the Lord. Again, I think Acts 2, 38 and 39 says how we do that. You also could look at Acts chapter 22, verse number 16, where it says, and now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized, wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Pay attention to the order of how that sentence is structured. He says, arising, being baptized equals calling on the name of the Lord. Hope you're having a great day today. Look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks, bye.